Thanks for checking out the Ideal Impact Podcast, where we discuss five key skills and the impact they can have on your life as well as some major issues in society. You ready to get after it? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Ideal Impact Podcast proudly presents to you episode number five. Gentlemen, <laughs> good evening. Yes. Oh, good Good evening, Mr. Myers. Outstanding intro. You just scared away every possible person that wanted to listen, listen to us. That was amazing. Every person that grew up in our era out there is Ooh, just the absolutely dog, loving Jesse that. James. <laughs> the badass. Billy Guns. I thought you forgot his name. The tag team champions of the world! <laughs> and so for everyone else uh, that doesn't know what they're talking about, they're you know, pretending to be professional wrestlers. To find another podcast then. One day when you guys grow up, <laughs> we'll begin. Just just kidding on the uh, find another podcast. You should stay here and listen to the rest of the show. That it's going to be good. good. Absolutely. <laughs> Gentlemen, how have your weeks been thus far? Full of days, full of days, <laughs> full of days, full of days that ended in Y. Eh? It's been a long week. We'll put it that way. Okay. Well, it is Friday. We're doing this on Friday night instead of our typical Monday. And that was I didn't have power on Monday night, which was part of the problem. We had a pretty bad thunderstorm here and we were we were probably a good two hours sitting in the dark, hanging out, talking. It was nice. I mean, it's kind of cool, actually. It sounds relaxing. Yeah, I mean, and that was after I had gotten back from sleeping in the middle of the desert for, well, we slept in the middle of the desert two nights out of the three. The So we were in Big Bend, Callie and I and my wife, and it, first of all, it was absolutely phenomenal. Like hiking that Emory Peak 8,500 feet up and seeing a 360 degree view of the entire park was incredible. But after doing that, it was 10, I think it was like 10.6 miles. Callie, did, she got 31,000 steps on Saturday. And uh, we wow. decided at 100 degrees outside, we didn't want to drive an hour back into the desert to our campsite. So we uh, we went and got a hotel. It was way better than sleeping in the desert. I'm not going to lie. It was good. Sounds like sounds like you took the easy road. Uh, uh, you yeah. know, you know, <laughs> I uh, on that particular instance, I did. And I slept 10 hours that night, which never happens. I my alarm was set for 445 in the morning. Every day, but Sunday. So Callie woke me up at 645 saying, you're not going to be happy, but we overslept by two hours. <laughs> now I got to ask during this this decision. Where you were like, oh, should I should I toughen up and sleep in the desert, or should I go get a a, a hotel? Were you, were you thinking at all WWJD? What would Jocko do? <laughs> uh, no, I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking that the night before when we slept out there, so it was awesome. Like we slept under the stars. We're out in the middle of nowhere, so we were out at the campsite for like fourteen hours, all said and done, and one vehicle drove past the entire time and that's i mean so you had to have a four-wheel drive high clearance vehicle to get down this road like it took us 40 minutes to go three and a half miles 
So in that time, one Jeep drove by, assuming they were going to a, a campsite. But I mean, it was it was awesome. So we slept in the bed of the truck. We had an air mattress. But on well, by sleeping, I mean, laying there until morning because it was a full moon. It was so bright as soon as it came up, like where the light was coming into the cab over, or into the bed of the truck over the cab. It was literally like somebody was holding an LED flashlight in our faces. <laughs> was terrible and then it, it was cold so it's like 63 degrees with zero humidity and it's so you're cold but under the blanket i was like sweating profusely so i just tossed and turned all night so i decided to go get a hotel and get 10 hours of sleep and i don't regret it you know what it was the easy route and sometimes <laughs> it's okay to do that <laughs> or you could look at it as it was a really hard decision i had to make you know well, here's saying? yeah, here's it's not why. exactly the easy way out. It was hard to leave to go to the hotel. Well, here's why. So I felt that we had gotten everything out of the experience that we that we sought to get. We we camped under the stars the one night. The night before that, we stayed in this little Airbnb. It was like literally a two person trailer with a mattress in it out in the middle of the desert again. That was awesome. We had air conditioning, a shower, and all that stuff, but. You know, between that and, you know, seeing the stars, doing our hike, experiencing driving down these old primitive like trails and everything like we had gotten everything out of it. And I'm like, let's drive half half the way home and then we can do some relaxing on Sunday. So it was very intentional why I decided to do that. You're welcome. I mean, it sounds way more. So shut up, Randy. Hey, what? So shut yeah. up, Randy. Shut up, it's Randy. Not it's not emotionally intelligent. <laughs> To use that kind of language. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're going to do something that we do with coaching. But what what are your biggest wins from the week? Just even if it's just one, what's what's one win that you had this week? Go ahead, Randy. I'm thinking. I'm putting you on the spot. I know. I mean, I got all my workouts in. That's always a plus. And that's a great. Not that it would. Not that it wouldn't have happened, but it did happen. Like this week was pretty crazy with kids sporting events and I had stuff going on at work and other things that life brings on. So it was very busy and uh, it was hard to get everything in, but I managed to get at least the workouts in. That's a huge win. Yeah. Prior prioritize, right. And, and make sure that you're getting that top priority done. I love that. Brian, what about you? I actually had an extra evening with my boys, which was awesome. We got to go in the hot tub. We rode some ATVs. We played a little baseball, rode some bikes. So, they probably struck you out. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've hit with Jose Canseco. So, oh, yeah. This guy not. was in a home run derby with Jose Canseco. Who yeah, that was here? that was underhand softball pitch. That was, that was years ago. That was decades okay, ago. My, my son is six. We're pitching underhand right now. Baloney. Wow. He's wow. firing balls past you. I think, yeah. I, I mean, playing from the front yard to the ditch is like 100 yards. And I mean, I was putting him in the street. So Wowzers. I would, I would say I did pretty good. So you 100 put yards? Your kid, oh, put yeah, your kids' lives in danger by making them run into the street. That's a great, great idea. Where's the intentionality behind that? Into, I didn't say anything about them running into the street to get the balls, did I? <laughs> You just left well, them out there? You did now. No, yeah, they so rolled went, across into the other ditch, and then I go on. get them later. So you went and got your own balls? Right. Don't live by yeah. Brian Swick. He's just – his kids run into the street. He's leaving <laughs> balls everywhere. I mean, we live out in the Incredible. country, so we're good. That's fair. But That's they weren't. True. No, but it was it – was, 
any opportunity that I have to spend some more time with them is is a win for me. No, that's awesome. And and the reason that we do this, right? So I shared my win going to Big Ben, making it home safely. The reason that we do this is because there's always so much going on in life. And plenty of uh, all of us typically focus on it, or I should say it's very easy to get caught up in the negatives that are going on in our life. All of that, all of those things that are making us feel heavy in that moment if you take some intentional time out of your day and you should be doing it every day. Like, so I do daily gratitude where I just sit and quiet. It might be 30 seconds. It might be 10 minutes. It just depends on the day. And I think about all that there is in my life. That's positive. You know, I thank myself for my health, you know, or I give myself gratitude for taking care of myself. I should say my amazing wife, my awesome parents, like there's so much to be positive for. If you can retrain your, or be thankful Thor, man, I can't, I can't talk today. You could be thankful for Thor as well. Thor is a Thor. Yeah. Yeah, I, I misspeak a lot, but anyway, so there's so much in life to be thankful for. And you're always, even if it's just one small thing, like, Hey, I woke up this morning, right? That's always a real positive thing. Find the time to do that because it's just retraining your mind to focus on the good instead of the bad. And then it makes it a lot easier to handle those negative things or those bad things because you're you're constantly grateful for all the good stuff in your life. So that's why we do that. Word. Absolutely. Word. I could bitch about USAA real quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we're going from wins to losses. <laughs> it's not a loss. Yeah. This is just this is just like a nuisance in my day. And it really irritated me. Well, talk about it. And then how did you apply? How did you, how were you, how did you handle the situation using the ideal skills, Randy? Let's, okay. t- let's turn think, a negative into a positive. Think about this for a I'm second. I'm going to think about, I don't need to think about it. I already got this down because I already know how the old Randy would have handled it. And I handled it a lot better than that guy did. So <laughs> I was, uh, I was out with my daughter and we were searching for a, uh, a mother's day gift and they, they wanted a specific, like, mug that said like mom nurse on it that they had seen so we went to like three different stores because because brooke couldn't remember which which store she saw that <laughs> she's like oh it's at marshall's i'm like all right we'll go to marshall's and then it wasn't at marshall's and she's like you know what it was tj maxx and then we went to tj maxx and then she was like <laughs> no it was, home goods it was target it was definitely target so we we're driving to target and i'm like well, so what stop. lesson did we learn here <laughs> I mean, I put trust in my children. Dude, you don't. How old's Brooke? How old's Brooke? <laughs> well, she's she's eight, but she shops. So don't let your eight-year-old daughter be more than I do. Well, all right. Eventually, we never found it, so that there's that. But <laughs> we're on our way to Target, and I was like, let's just stop at Meyer, and I'll, we'll grab some cards and see what they have there. So I go to I go to pay, and um, it's it says insert your card. So I insert my card. And then like that's that stupid little wheel starts spinning and it just keeps spinning for like two minutes. It keeps spinning and then it's like, you're good. Remove card. I'm like, all right, cool. I remove my card. And then it says decline. No, it didn't say anything. It's like, oh, you got to pay. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? I just did. And I I'm standing there looking around. I thought like the little light would start blinking for the aisle, but it didn't. So I was like, all right. So I guess you're at I'll... a self checkout. I was. So I put the card back in. And as soon as I put it back in, it's like you're it declined. I was like, what the hell is going on? I'm like, they probably just charged my card twice. And I was already getting upset about that. So then I was like, all right, I'm just going to use another card. I put that one in there and then it, it took it. So I, I have online banking. So I go to my account real quick. My account's locked. I can't get in. I'm like, 
what? I'm like, what the hell is going on? So I had to call USAA and, and he, uh, he gets it back open for me. And then I was like, he's like, you have any other questions? I was like, are my accounts good? He's like, Oh, I'm just looking here. And yeah, he's like, your, your checkings under review for fraud. And it's going to be uh, locked up to you for three business days. I was like, what does that mean? He's like, oh, you could put money in there, but you have no access to get it out. And I was like, well, that's that's super inconvenient. I'm like, how am I supposed to pay for things if you have my account locked for three days? He's like, yeah, I, I don't know. The department that handles this is not open right now. So maybe you could give them a call tomorrow. And he's like, I hope you have a better day. And then during this time, I'm trying to be intentional with my words disciplined to not lose my shit and stay emotionally intelligent, which I managed to do. And I was, I was not rude to the, to the guy on the other end of the phone. I mean, he's just trying to do his job to the best of his ability, but in the end, here I am locked out of my checking for three days, not able to uh, spend any money. So this, this will be fun. It's going to be an adventure. I'll spot you some, if you need it, Randy, <laughs> thank you. Just let me know. Well, you know, you know, what's going to be really fun is when we go to this, uh, you know, federal digital currency and they can just shut your money off at any point in time that they want to because you misspoke about a politician or whatever it may be where they decide to do that. So that that's going to be a ton of fun. But go government. So you said that. Well, yeah, go. I, I love big government. It's my favorite. So <laughs> we it's um, so go back to you said that old Randy wouldn't have handled that the same way. Like I know for me old Kyle, that would have ruined my, the rest of my evening. Like I would have allowed my mindset to go to this, you know, negative place. I would have been super frustrated. And in the grand scheme of things, is that that big of a deal? Like, yeah, it's annoying. It sucks, but it's not that it's big a nuisance. Of a deal. So, right. Yeah. So what, well, how has that changed you and how, what has, impact has that had on you? Because again, like that negative mindset just sucks so much. So like it, again, it would make me ruin my entire day. So where are you at now? Like, I, all right. So the old me, I would have been, I'd have been angry right off the bat. And I probably would have got into maybe a little bit of an argument with the, uh, the Meyer employee about why their machine's so screwed up. And then when I call USAA and they tell me, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to help you here. I probably would not have responded very nicely. And then it would have ruined the rest of my night. Like I would have came home and I would have, I probably would have taken my frustration out on the people that I live with, which is not helpful or beneficial. Right. So by lacking those skills, you know, you, you basically apply to all five of them, right? And I'm sure if we dug in, we could do loyalty as well, but by, by, especially by having discipline with your emotional intelligence and applying those two skills instead of ruining. So you would have ruined your night. You would have ruined the employees night at Meyer, the guy you talked to on the phone, probably, the girls like you would have yeah. ruined six or seven people's days and then and your guys is when we got on this podcast i would have right. been in a bad mood and uh yeah so those little things just that one little example now imagine applying that day after day after day to all the little annoyances and everything like and imagine the impact that that has on your mindset when you're in a positive mindset things are just flowing like that's a snowball effect right both directions it snowballs negative and it snowballs positive so remember those little things. And it's easier said than done. Like none of, again, this is simple, not easy to steal from Jocko, but that's, that's a prime example of how you can do that. And she's, I can go into, I'm, I won't, but I left my boots at home. I realized that two hours from big bend, eight hours into the drive, we had to, uh, shockingly in the desert, there's nothing. 
So we had to drive <laughs> an hour and a half north when we needed to go two hours south. So I added three hours of drive to our drive on Thursday. And at one point, I will admit, I did lose my cool. <laughs> I didn't lose it on the person. So I was in this store in Fort Stockton, it was called. And I'm like, they had a ton of cowboy boots and ended up they had one pair of hiking boots. They were like 250 bucks. They looked horrible. I'm like, I'm not going to waste $250. I'd rather just drive an hour and a half out of my way and get boots. I actually are going to I'm going to keep and are broken in to the point where I can wear them. I had to hike 10 and a half miles in two days. So I'm wearing that was stupid, by the way. Brand new boots, 10 and a half mile hike. Not smart. So <laughs> as I'm I'm like, I'm visibly frustrated at this point. And the girl helping us goes, I'm like, well, I'm like, hey, thank you very much for your time. But I'm I'm just going to have to go find another store. And she's like, well, I guess that you learned your lesson by making sure you pack your boots next time. And I was like, <laughs> oh, man, that I left. I, I didn't say anything to her. So I practiced my emotional intelligence in that aspect. But when I got into the car. I did lose my temper a little bit. I mean, she was no damaged. I mean, well, no <laughs> shit. I had already learned my lesson at that point. I didn't need the reminder. I was she living was just, the lesson. She was reminding you that, you know, keep that in mind. I was time. so mad. I'm like, you. Anyway. You can apply um, this to everything. I mean, Brian was having technical difficulties logging on to his computer at the beginning. Of this. Oh, my gosh. And he was yeah, visibly yeah. frustrated. Instead of throwing <laughs> his computer against the wall. He just listened and reset his computer. Restarted. You figured. I mean, I had, I had a similar situation earlier this week, where I, I did not. It went out the window, and it's really easy for that stuff to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, emotions catch up with you and pile that on top of work things, and and maybe with your children, and you know, what's going on in the world. It's easy to do that. So I think everyone needs to realize that. It's not going to be a cakewalk. No, it's going to take. I don't know if you'll ever master it. There's yeah. going to be something in life that triggers you to the point where you just. You naturally react and that mm -hmm. goes out the window. So but when you do that, now you can look back on it and take accountability and try Absolutely. to make sure it doesn't happen again. Like before, I would have never done that. I would have just. ah, That's somebody else's fault. That's not on me. Yeah. Yeah. And and the thing is, is you're right, Brian, like 100% agreed, you will never be perfect. If you're if your goal is to be perfect with anything, in my opinion, you're setting yourself up for failure, and you're going to have a negative impact on yourself because you especially with these skills, I, I can't, I'm going to like you said, we're human beings, we are emotional creatures. That's one of the things that sets us apart from any other animals is that we have emotions. And sometimes there are some things that just get to you so deeply. Even I mean, like, I'm telling myself in that situation with the boots, I'm like, relax, like cool yourself. And then when she said that, it just triggered me, you know, right? Like, I just like, I'm like, okay, like I've, I've done it. But as you go and you continue to practice this, eventually they get further and further. Those times, like you can tolerate more, you're building a tolerance to it, right? Yeah. And it's the same thing with discipline intentionality. The more you practice it, the better you become at it. And event, like Randy said, you're going to slip up, learn from that instance and apply it next time. And then it just gets better and better. Yep. Sure. I would agree. 
Yeah. Well, I think we should uh, we should dive into today's topic. And that is the lowering of standards and expectations in society. Yeah. And we're really going to like the two specific areas that we have here that we're going to talk about are two areas that are very close to us. Right. So the military and education and then how all of this, like Randy said, is impacting society. So I don't know what you're talking about. I think they got a nice handle on it right now. That's yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. I like the segue there, Brian. So here's yeah. how we're going to start this. We're going to start by each of us giving a little status update on these of America's current state. So just like a one to two minute little status update of how you think America's doing right now. Uh, all right. Don't, I mean, I, don't take I, it on a tangent. Yeah, I don't I think did. it could be done in two minutes. Yeah, I was going to say, how do we not take this on a tangent? Like, but all right. So. I mean, I, obviously, and I, I mean, if you've listened to anything that we've put out there or anything on social media, we do not think that the country and our society is trending in the right direction, right? And I mean, I don't think that's anything necessarily new. I think it's been expedited and it's happening, qu you know, quicker. That downslide is faster over the last couple of years. But I mean, ultimately, I think we've been downsliding for a long time. And the thing that comes to my mind, so we didn't we didn't plan that question, by the way. Randy threw us a curveball there. Um, <laughs> the thing that comes to my mind is what's going on at the border right now. Like, if you don't have a border, you don't have a country. It's just free will. It's, you know, it's a free for all, I should say. It's just open, you know, and and I'm not saying that we shouldn't allow people into our country, right? We're it's the United States. Obviously, we're not natives. Well, I'm not. I'm <laughs> my family came from England and whenever 1500 sometimes. So obviously, I'm not a native American. So the melting pot is what made us who we are today. However, you have to do it in an orderly legal fashion. And I think that maybe our standards for legal immigration are too high and they make it so difficult to get in the country that it forces people to go across the border and not do it legally, right? Like they want a better life. I get it. So the standard on that might be too high. Our standard at the border is too low and we've created this monster right now where you have all of these people coming over undocumented. You don't know who they are. You don't know what they're bringing in. You don't know if they're part of the cartel. You you know, are they bringing, you know, obviously there's a high suspicion that all the fentanyl and all this shit that's happening in this country from a drug standpoint is coming from the cartel. So who are these people? What is their intent here? Right. Without a vetting process, without borders, without a, a legal immigration process and them actually going through that. In my opinion, it's in a very, very, very dangerous situation for many reasons, economically, safety wise. There was a there was a guy here in Cleveland, Texas last week had been deported four times, four times and shot and killed, executed five of his neighbors because they asked him to stop shooting his gun in his front yard. He had an AR-15. He was shooting it out in the front yard. And they came over and asked him to stop. The police had been called multiple times, never did anything. This guy would do it all the time. And then he went over and shot, you know, his five, killed five. One was a third grade boy. Executed. And that's what happens when you don't, you have open borders. 
stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, legal Americans do shit like this too. I'm not saying it's all that, but that one specific case could have been avoided. Agreed. Rant ended. Rant over. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. That was not, that was not under two minutes by any means. <laughs> I'm not, I, you know I have a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to do it under two either, Randy. Oh, um, my goodness. That's okay. We got all night. That's true. I mean, obviously, we're, we're going to talk about some things that might offend some people. But for me right now, um, children. The most impressionable people in the world right now are children. And there are things being shoved in their faces from big name companies like Disney, Netflix, YouTube, all these different media outlets have pretty much bought into all what I would like to refer to as BS. I've had an entire lifetime to make my own decisions, who I am, what my preferences are, what I want to do with my life, where I want to end up one day. And it's being spoon fed to young people. Social media will always be around. Freedom of press will always be around. I have a really hard time with the way that children are being presented things and then the lack of discipline or punishment that comes from the educational system when they're wrong. Lack of accountability. Absolutely. Yeah. Teachers. And I know I'm not kissing Randy's ass here, but teachers are so underappreciated nowadays. They put up with so much stuff. He's a gym teacher. So, Oh, physical education. I can honestly say I have my youngest son has some issues and it's been made known to me by his teachers and I love it. I'm glad that they brought it to my attention. I'm not the dad that's going to be like, well, what are you doing wrong? But there's so much of that in the world right now from preschool age through high school and our country is being overrun by spoiled little assholes people are getting away with whatever they want there are no repercussions the dude in texas deported that many times shouldn't be here right what are the consequences did he get back in illegally if he was back in illegally and the police came why wasn't he deported again well guess what too if you're not a citizen he didn't get that weapon legally either no there there is a lot to that that is wrong And now innocent lives were taken. And at the end of the day, who's going to be to blame? The guy that did the shooting is to blame. But who else is to blame? Well, the people that didn't make the arrest, the people that didn't call, you know, ice, if you will. It just, you know, what's going to get the blame? The gun, the weapon. Yes. The weapon is going to get the blame. And that is where the standards, like you said, the lack of accountability where is you have to think that this is all intentional like all of this is intentional in my opinion right like i'm just using my logical thinking i'm like why else is this going on than to intentionally make us weaker as a society and i don't know why that's happening you know if i could answer that question or confirm that it is intentional right that's my suspicion that's my opinion i would be doing something else i guess (laughs) or there'd be more listeners to the podcast but you know here we are and i 100 agree with you it's it's 
It's crazy. And Randy sees it firsthand. Yeah, Randy, what I mean, tell hey, us from your perspective. <laughs> um, I mean, we're going to get into it, to the education talk here in, in a couple of minutes. But if I if, if I was going to give my little status update on America, um, I would agree with both of you. It seems to be trending downward. Um, I can't say that it's all doom and gloom, but I think there no. are some good things out there. Like Absolutely. People are trying, there are people out there that are trying to make a difference and do good things. Mm-hmm. But I, from what you see, and I, don't, I don't know if it's the majority, it's, but, but what you see is like what the more the media is portraying is that that's not the, it's not the case. Like when I was growing up, I felt like, like there was, a, there was pride, like you were proud to be an American. Like there mm-hmm. was pride in that. And I just, I don't see that anymore. And it's, it's really sad to see because like we we used to be known for like you could come here and chase that American dream, and we were known that like if you get knocked down, you're gonna get right back up and be resilient and and keep going and persevere. And I just I feel like now we all just expect handouts. Like if something doesn't go our way, then we're gonna blame somebody else, or we're gonna I don't. It's just it's it's there's no standards and expectations. Well, there are some, but they're they're definitely lower. And we're gonna get into that deeply here in about a minute, but yeah, I think we need to, we have a lot to address as a society. If you look at a lot of things, no matter what facet of life it is, there's a lot of reward when there should not be. Oh, you mean like, uh, Part- participation, participation trophies? trophies? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you showed up. Yeah. Good, 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 good job good for you. I remember being a kid and, sitting at the banquets you know they used to have the sports banquets mm-hmm. and wanting to to cry because i wasn't the kid that worked hard enough to get that award kids don't have to worry about that everybody's getting something so it doesn't right. like we've talked about in other in other episodes it doesn't teach anything to the young people of the world it's just like eh, hey i participated so i'm gonna get a trophy well yeah that's, and that's well exactly no it, it, it does yeah it, what you just said it does teach them it's it teaches them, the them yeah it's teaching them the wrong things exactly. where if you don't have anything to so like specifically in school right and we said we were going to get into education we're getting into it right Bam. if i don't have anything so if you and you can look this stuff up we researched in and forgive us if we misspeak on some things here and there but there are school districts out there that are lim- eliminating failing grades. Like you, California. Get, yeah. And California, there are some school districts where you can't get a D or an F. Well, if the effort that you're putting in is worthy of a D and an, or an F and you get a C and then you go to the workforce and you think that just by showing up, you are going to get rewarded and your job says, well, Hey, you're, you're only 50%, right? So in school, if you're a 50%, you're going to fail, but now you're a C. Well, Hey, 50% is terrible in the workplace. We can't keep you on because you're only doing your job correctly 50% of the time. And that's, that doesn't work for us. Now you're like, Oh, well that's unfair and it's unjust and I deserve this and blah, blah, blah. No, like, I understand why you think that because you were basically taught that by the school system, but that's not how the real world works. So by lowering these standards, and we're specifically talking about that one, you're setting people up for failure. You said something need- interesting there where you said, I deserve this. There's this sense of entitlement now that comes with everything where they all think that they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And and I do. I teach, I teach PE, and I'm not going to say where, but 
a lot of my classes are spent just putting out fires because we're playing a game and everyone thinks that they're the best and that if they lose, their life is over with. I'm like, well, losing is part of, of learning. That's how you learn how to get better. You're like, if you never lose, how are you going to improve? Like, you can't win everything. I'm like, I know that your parents tell you that you're you're special. And you are to them. That's it, to them. Like, you're not special yeah. to everybody else in the world. Like, right. you can't, everybody can't be special. Now, there are those outliers that are special like lebron james he's a special basketball player but how many lebron james's are there not too many well and in that case i think if you then treat somebody so specially so you put them in high such high regard for their talent then that's also setting dangerous expectations as well that you're only special because of your talent no you can do other things and hard work and everything like that to or in order to set yourself apart so i think that's where it comes to so lena on raising humans her podcast had two episodes that were really intentional praise and intentional consequences right so you that's why it's so important that when you praise people you know, kids, whoever it may be, think about this from a leadership standpoint, if I praise you, and I'm specific in that praise and say, hey, instead of saying, hey, good job, hey, good job for putting in so much effort into that task that you've done, right? And the same thing, if somebody's you're holding somebody accountable, because they made a mistake, hey, this is why you made this mistake. And let's hear, let's figure out how we can correct it, right? Be very specific, be intentional with those things. And I think that helps, you know, circumvent that some of this stuff, right? Some of this stuff when it comes to the lack of accountability, the lack of discipline, stuff like those things. <clears throat> so now I did see um, there was another another school, I believe it was in California as well, where they they got rid of honors classes, mm -hmm. they got rid of them to promote equity. Well, what, what the hell? Like, how is that helping the kids who, who want to take those classes, who, who are able to take those classes and excel in those areas? Well, what are we trying to do equity wise there? Like we're trying to lower them down to, to below average. Like, what is the point yeah. of doing that? Well, That's not only that, they're on an even playing field. They want yeah. everybody to feel the same, although they don't have to put in the same amount of work. That's not life. That's not equity either. No, right? that's, well, that's that... Yeah. And, and they're also, I don't know if you saw this, but they're banning homework. Like where you, because some students have a more difficult time doing homework. I mean, I don't have a problem with the homework thing. Um, I feel like you're in school all day long. And for a lot of kids, like when they get home, like school is like the best part of their day for yeah. a lot of people. So when they get home, like maybe they're home by themselves or they have to take care of their siblings or like maybe they're running the household. So it is mm -hmm. hard for some people to get homework done. And I do think that they should have opportunities to just not think about school and go home and be a kid and play sports and go outside and play, which they're not doing. It needs to happen, <laughs> right. it needs to happen more. So I'm not as big on the, the homework thing. What I am big on is in school, like you, don't have to turn the work in when it's due. You can yeah. just wait until the end of the year and turn it in. And the teacher has to give you full credit for that. What have you learned there? Mm -hmm. I was going to say on the flip side, you're saying, you know, you don't want some people, kids can't do it at home, you know, depending on their situation. And they've been in school all day. Well, if they're in school all day, they should be doing the work and they're not mm -hmm. clearly. So again, taking away one thing, and not doing it elsewhere doesn't help. That's true. So, so what's what's the happy medium? 
when we had when we were kids and we had homework, what did it teach us? It taught us about a deadline that you had to meet. It taught us about responsibility. You got to get it done. Prioritization. It taught, it taught yes, prioritizing. It talked about you know it not talked about but taught you. This is what I was told to do. This is a requirement that I have to meet. Therefore, I need to do it. I, I mean, I if, and if I don't do it, there's going to be to consequences be a that go yes. along with that too. But and well, and I agree. That's why I was like on the fence. Like Brian, I 100% agree with you. Randy, I also agree with you. I do think ideally that kids should be should have more time in some ways to be kids, right? Like especially up to high school. Like I think in my opinion, I think at that point, okay, it's time to learn how to be an adult. It's time to balance. It's time to learn all those things. Not that they shouldn't be doing that, but you should be building upon it because at the same time it does as a kid, like, you know, if you go to school, you get there seven 30, eight o'clock in the morning, you're there until what, what time does school get out now, Randy? It's every school is different, but you're usually doing like a six and a half hour to seven hour day. Okay. Six and a half, seven hours. Then you go home, spend an hour on homework, you know, like, and you know, I, so again, that one I'm on the fence about, but it does teach you things. Having homework, it, it, there are positives and there are negatives to every, and that's everything, right? Everything has two sides to it, but yeah. And, and here's the thing is like, I don't think any of us think that the education system shouldn't adapt and evolve, right? Our education system started basically out of the industrial revolution where they were creating factory type workers because that's what the country needed at that time. And in that sense, it hasn't evolved much. Right. We don't promote a value based education. You know, they're they're very check the box. Randy, you've said it before. Teach to a test instead of creating free thinkers and how to think critically and what does it look like to be logical and let's teach you these values and these skills of intentionality and, and what discipline means and how to hold yourself accountable. We're, we're losing those things and we're not improving on the things that we should. I will say that like with technology, it has gotten, it's, how do I, how do I word this? So like the goal is to create, critical thinkers and free thinkers. And that's like, that's what they're trying to do. I don't think that we're going about it the best way by just placing kids on a, on a tablet all day and having them do it that way. But like they're having kids work at their own pace. So now you have like a classroom teacher who's who before was teaching to the majority. She's teaching to the majority. And if you're ahead, awesome. If you're below and you don't catch up, then maybe you get held back. Now it's individualized education. Like every kid's working at their own pace at their own level. So you have a classroom teacher. If they have 30 kids, there could be 30 different things going on. And that's a lot. And they expect that to be done at all levels. And I have every single kid in the building, which is very hard to create that kind of environment where every kid's working at a different level. And specifically for mine, like it's about teamwork. You have to learn how to work together. So if I can't have a bunch of individuals trying to work together, that doesn't build teamwork. And it's like, we are trying to overhaul what education was so quickly that I, I don't think we're going about it the correct way because we're not holding kids accountable. Yes. We're saying we want them to be free thinkers and think crit critically and work in groups but then when they don't want to do it, we just say, okay, you don't have to do it. You can go do something else or, or we don't let them, they could turn in the work whenever they feel like it. Or if they do fail it, then 
well, you're not really failing it because there's no D's and there's no F's. So what, what yeah. are you learning in all this? And well, and you were talking, you and I were talking on the phone yesterday, I think. And to that regard, like teaching kids, like in an ideal world, would you want to come up with the best? Cause everybody learns differently. Right. Yes. So teaching a blanket approach isn't probably the best, right? However, so in an ideal world, you would, you would tailor your approach to each individual. And that's why it's important when you're a leader to have small teams because everybody needs a different aspect from a leadership. So it's hard to do that when you have 30 people. So that's why if you're in charge of 30 people, then you probably have like three or four subordinate leaders. So you could manage those people and so on and so forth. But so again, an ideal situation. So the, the intent is good. It's the execution that they're not getting to. It's like, well, how am I supposed to do that when I'm one person, I have 480 students. If you want this done effectively, then you need to invest the resources and time and, and everything into it. And then that gets into an entirely different issue yeah. <laughs> when it comes to funding well, and we can go into that. talking about expectations and standards for that. Like, like you just said, they want, they want more out of teachers. We want more out of teachers, but now we're lowering the standards and the expectations yeah. to become a teacher. We have a teacher shortage right now. People don't mm -hmm. want to do it. Why don't people want to do it? Because well, teachers are overworked and underappreciated. So nobody wants to deal with the BS. So now states are taking away like requirements that used to be there the whole time. And now you're getting people who are becoming teachers that probably shouldn't be teachers. And the whole point of this, so I was reading about that, right? The whole point of this is, again, it comes back to equity. Well, guess what you're doing? So these teachers that aren't meeting the, the higher standards are being hired by schools with lower standards that already have a ton of issues. And from what I've read, those are typically your inner city schools that have a lot of minorities. So by trying to create equity, you're actually doing the opposite. You're putting the shittiest teachers in the shittiest schools and you're making the gap between the elite and the, you know, like from an education standpoint. So elite schools to really bad schools, you're, you're just increasing that gap. And you're seeing that across you. Like I could talk about that with other things as well. You're creating more of a gap rather than closing the gap, which is ideally the entire point of equity, which I don't agree with either equality i agree with and there is a difference in the definition there so i mean look at it at other professions like let's say we had a doctor shortage specifically surgeons are they right. going to take in lower standards to become a surgeon do you want some guy who doesn't know what they're doing performing your surgery no i at want this the, point it wouldn't I surprise want, me it yeah, wouldn't surprise you want me the best person doing that i'm if i'm going to have a surgery i'm going to go seek out the best doctor who's going to be the best one for my success my rehab so i can get back to where i want to be why are we taking an education that's already screwed up and we have kids that are, have fallen so far behind, not just because the expectations have been lower, but also you throw in these COVID years that those were so jacked up that like, yeah, well, that's kind of what really kicked it off. Like a lot well, that of this made was it a lot because worse, yes. of COVID they had like, they didn't have to, but, but again, we're, what we do in society now is we do the easy wrong over the hard, right? We try to put band-aids on it. What would be really hard is to figure out, okay, how do we make education effective in this world that we're currently living in? Like, how do we really do it? Get down to the root cause and fix the problem. But instead we put band-aids on it. Oh, people are like, they, they're, failing and stuff. we'll just get rid of failing that's super easy right like that that, that that takes no effort no thought right 
And, and we just constantly do that over and over again throughout society, not just in education. Yeah. And then my I question think... to go ahead. My question to all this is it's that old question of if it wasn't broken, why are we trying to fix it? You I made think... mention, Kyle, you made mention of, you know, the industrial revolution, right? Mm-hmm. Pre that time, you had folks that couldn't read. We still have folks that we, we can't. We have a lot read. of folks. And it's, and, it's, and it's becoming increasingly more concerning. These kids that are being passed up in school are going to be those folks who essentially will have children one day and now cannot teach their children how to read or promote education to them. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of things that could have been improved back, yes. in the, back in the day, today. But there's something that will always be a necessity. That is... We live in America, so the English language, how to read and write, mathematic, you know, arithmetic. This is something that's gotten gone so far out of control. Now we're basically reinventing the wheel. Maybe it shouldn't be what do we need to change, but maybe what do we need to go back to? Let's get back to a better foundation again. That's just my personal opinion. No, that's a, no, I hadn't thought about it that way. But that's yes, I think, well, history is cyclical too, right? So you can always look at the past and learn from it. Maybe there are good things to take away, like you said, and maybe we do need to go back to some things. And I I agree with you on some things, right? Like, right, we want to go back to certain values. We also don't want to down, you know, go back so far that we're seeing segregation, stuff like that, right? Sure, No, of course. Yeah. And I know that that's not what you meant. But no, but but also we look back to learn from the you know from the from the good things and the bad things right to make right. sure that we don't do those but we just keep let me ask I, you it's crazy yeah Randy let me ask you a question i know that you're not a math teacher but how many years has it been since common core math was introduced into public schools and all that uh, i don't know how long it's been it's i mean it started better probably, part of a decade it's probably been between 8 and 10 years okay when Common Core came out, you heard nothing but parents saying, I can't teach my kid this. I don't know how to do this. It doesn't make sense to me. You had teachers that learned it and taught it, but also maybe didn't agree with it. I don't. I mean, I can do it. Like, I, I have helped my kids with it. I It takes a lot longer, and I don't understand it because that's not how I was taught. But So, again, we've changed something for students. Now their parents aren't able to help them understand it and learn it. We didn't change anything for students. It was just somebody came out with this curriculum and what costs money is you have to buy the curriculum and the state buys it and then makes it a requirement. So it's about money and making that company money. I'm sure somebody was invested in that and that's why we're doing it. But at the end of the day, did it not create more problems for the students? It was harder for them to pick up on, especially students that had already started learning math and now it's completely erased and now we're learning it this way. I think like my, my youngest kids, like my two youngest are, are fine with it. But yeah, my, my oldest like started learning math before common core and then had to switch and it was confusing for her and it took longer for her to catch on. And how many years prior to common core did everyone, even in other countries, addition, subtraction, multiplication, all that stuff. Well, the crazy thing is, is like they say they don't want it to be memorization. But if I'm talking to kids in school, like fifth graders, and I ask them a simple math question, they can't they can't answer me. They have to like 
they have to work it out. And I'm like, this, this is where memorization comes in. Like you just, you just know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it needs to be both, right? Like, I mean, obviously you need to be able to think through it if you don't have the answer memorized, but you know, most of us have most common math equations committed to memory where we don't even need to think about it. Right. Right. Well, everything can't be like a critical thinking process. Like, no, no, there's a green light. What do I do? (laughs) What do I do? No, you, you, you go. Yeah. That's why it's a, it sounds like there's a dichotomy there. There right? is a dichotomy. There's always dichotomies. <laughs> but like, so what Brian was saying, like with the schools going back to certain things, and I do agree that we need, like when I first started teaching, we we evaluated kids on life skills. We don't do that anymore. So we're not, again, we're not worried about how they're growing as a person. It's just content-based. Now think back to when you're in school, like some changes I do agree with because sitting at a desk for seven hours without moving was terrible. It was yeah. terrible. Like, and I specifically think of like boys, like, cause they can't sit still. So having to sit there all day long, still. right. Like I couldn't do, I always got in trouble. So I understand like some of the changes that we made where now there's like flexible seating and you can go, you don't have to sit at your desk the whole day. You could chill on the floor. You could go in a beanbag chair. You could go to a high top table, but we're getting a little out of control with this because now we have kids who are just like flopping around on the floor, being a distraction to the, rest I want to go sit out in the hallway. I want to go sit in the lunchroom. Now you have high schools that are starting to act or they're offering things that are like more like colleges. So you don't have to go to a normal classroom. If you want to, you could just go to this open space where there's teachers there that are available to you if you want to use them and you do your work that way instead of going and sitting in class all day. That might be good for some kids, but I know for me that would have been terrible because I would have never went. I would have just, I would have never done anything. I needed to be in the classroom. I needed the teacher to be on me so that I would get stuff done. So they are offering way more options than what we ever received. And I think more options is good because it opens Mm -hmm. up more opportunities, but there still has to be accountability. And that's where, that's where we're lacking. We're not holding people accountable. We're not holding them accountable with turning in their work. We're definitely not holding them accountable behavior wise and being respectful and just being decent human beings. So, and we're not like, we're not holding school districts accountable because we're lowering expectations and standards for teachers. And that's, how does that help a kid? How does it help a kid to get the bottom of the barrel people who didn't even pass the test to become a teacher? Yeah. Like, well, and again, you're putting them in in under you know underserved districts too. So it's just expert or it's it's uh, amplifying the problem is the word that I was looking for there. And then you see this in the corporate world or or in the or in the workforce. I'm so glad that. I got out of corporate America when I did like in leadership, it was so hard to hold people accountable. They, and when you did hold them accountable, almost all of the work went back on the leader. Well, now I have to listen to so many phone calls a day because this person was rude to customers, or I have to review this many work items per day because, you know, and it's like, and then you would do that. And as long as they weren't getting worse, typically it would take forever to actually do something about it, put them on a warning or, you know, ultimately get rid of people. There were people, there were plenty of people that did not like, should not have been doing those jobs and they would hold on to them and make the, 
direct supervisor or leader's life miserable. There was this one. They were so bad, so bad. The worst person I've ever seen at that job. And it took them like a year and a half to get that person out of there. A year and a half of that that direct leader's life being miserable with the amount of work that they had to put into it. And the best part was you were told don't be or, or don't waste your time on your worst performers. You should be pouring into your top performers, which is 100% accurate, right? Like, should you be helping people that are willing? If they're willing to do the job and they're just struggling, should you be helping them? Absolutely. But if you're unwilling to do the job, like, I can't do it for you. So if you're unwilling, I, there's not much I can do, right? I can try to motivate you. I can try to get to that. But if it, ultimately, at the end of the day, that's your choice. But what would happen was when you had somebody that was underperforming, HR would make you jump through all of these ridiculous hoops for months and months and months and months at a time where now you're spending way more time. And if you had two or three people who are underperforming, you had almost no time to pour into the people that really had the potential and everything like that. Or you were working 60 or 70 hours a week to try to get everything done. And I'm sorry, but like at the end of the day, like I have a life my life exists much more outside of the walls of my job than anything else. And, but again, that's what you're doing. And that's just, in my opinion, that's just going to continue to get worse because you're teaching these kids that they don't, they're not going to be held accountable, that the standards are low in the schools. And then they're going into the workforce and then they get slapped in the face or they don't. And you get these where it was like, well, I can't fire them because who am I going to hire? Right. And you're putting these now these employers in bad situations. Right. And then, of course, there's expectations. You can get wrongful law, termination lawsuits and all of this. It's like being an employer right now is a, a difficult situation as well. But think what it, what it also does to that top performing employee, that top performing em employee. Let's just use a round number, 20 bucks an hour. That's what he's making. Now, the same turd, for lack of better terms, that's making $20 an hour and doing nothing. Now your top performer is like, well, dude, why am I trying so hard? If mm -hmm. this guy's getting away with it, why do I have to? So yep. now, as you know, parts of this society, we're actually lowering our own expectations because we're like, well, screw it. What do I have to work for? Just like the kids in school. You're taking yes. away the honor society or whatever. Well, they worked really hard to get into that. Yep. Right. Well, and that's on the same playing field. So why do I even have to work hard anymore? And that's where the gap gets even bigger. So what's going to happen is a majority of people are going to settle for those lower standards and take that exact same approach that you just said. It's like, well, why am I doing this? Why am I working harder? And in the workplace, when you were really good, you know how you got rewarded? More work from all the people that couldn't do their jobs, right? So like, oh, I'm really good. Bingo. So I get dumped on, right? right. And but again, you're you're creating this even bigger gap, right? So because you're going to have a very small percentage of people who are disciplined, who have who hold high standards for themselves, who hold themselves accountable, all of the things that we talk about, right? But that number is going to be so so tiny, smaller than it is today. And then you're going to have everybody else, and you're going to have this huge gap between the let's just say the one percent and the ninety nine percent, and you're eliminating the middle, right? And that's where I believe the intent is coming from, because if you wipe out that middle, 
then it becomes very easy to control because you have the very poor and the very mediocre and that which well mediocre becomes poor right it becomes the lowest the lowest denominator and then you have the very small powerful smart wealthy driven people and i think that's where we're headed and i think it's going to you know and everybody's like well you really think that's happening? I don't think it's happening. Well, no, because it's happening slowly. Like it's not just going to happen Open overnight. It's right. You can see it. It's freaking happening. You yeah. have people Every aiming day. for mediocrity. Since when has that been a goal? I want to be mediocre. What kind of so, goal is be, that? Well, and that's the thing is your support. So this was a quote, and I don't remember the exact quote, but basically, like the support for mediocrity has never been greater than it is right now. Right? You're encouraged to be mediocre. Like when you go out and you do something to set yourself apart and you set this crazy goal, right? I was on a call today with a friend and he was like, oh, my net worth goal. And I don't know what he's at right now, but in three years, he wants to have a net worth of $30 million, right? Most people would think, well, you're freaking crazy. Why would you do that? You're setting yourself up for failure, blah, 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 blah. No, find those people that are going to be like, dude, you're set. That's not enough set it higher, right? Find those people, surround yourself with those people, be intentional to push you and to help you. And then guess what? So let's say we set it at 50 and you hit 30 million. Is that a failure? No, you're worth $30 million. Like set the goals high, set the standards high. And then if you fall short, you're still way better than average. You're still way better than mediocre. But you have to be doing the work and doing the things to get you to that point. You can't just say, yes. I want a network of 30 million. Well, what are you doing? I'm, I'm busting tables. Well, that's <laughs> not going to get you $30 million. Yes. Sure. Yes. You have to take the action in order to get that. But that's the whole point is you use goals to drive your action. That's how I use goals, right? I set a goal to then force me to take action. For instance, I have a goal of buying an ice vending machine while we're down here, right? I set that goal now because I was like tossing and I was kicking it back and forth. Now I'm like, no, I'm going to have it before I leave here. Now I have to take the action in order to get me there, right? And like today, I set a goal for myself on that same call. I want 200 or 2,500 bucks a month in passive income by the end of the year. My buddy, Chris, the same one that set that, that goal for himself was like, you're worth way more than that you can do 2,500 easy. Why not five? Why not 10? Stop selling yourself short, right? And that's what we do when we surround ourselves with people who are who have high standards and who are going to push us to have high standards. What if all my friends were sitting around saying, oh, you're never going to get 2,500. You should stop that dream because then if you fall short, you're going to be really disappointed. Well, those those aren't, aren't the people that I want to be around. <laughs> but that friends. is... But that's, that's the sad part. That's a lot of people today. It is. Yeah. Kids nowadays, they take a picture of themselves and they have this grandiose idea that I'm going to get hundreds of likes. And when they don't, they're committing suicide. They're yeah. crying. They're, they're crying about everything under the sun. Mm -hmm. It's you said it earlier. I think it's being bred. <laughs> <laughs> it's being bred into society yeah. via social media and Right. Because if you don't have the drive to do more, if you've been if that has been sucked out of you, well, you're easy to control. OK, so I don't really want to. Oh, well, I'll give you a check from from your Uncle Sam. 
for sixteen hundred bucks right here. You don't have to work. You don't have to do anything. You don't we'll have to give do you. Anything. We're gonna give you money. Yeah. No, it's cool. We'll just print more. We'll just print more. It's fine. And then the middle class is the one that gets screwed with that because the real wealthy people are figuring it out, right? Like, and and don't get me wrong. Like, I have a desire to do that. Like, I'm hey, I'm bought in. I'm playing the game. Whatever you think about that, I'm. I want to do that because I want to be free. I want to have my time. I want to spend it the way that I want it. I want to do that. So those are the standards that I set for myself. But for most people, if you're not, if you don't do that and, you, and it takes, it's hard, right? Um, you know, you're going to, you're easy to control. You're not a free thinker. You want handouts. You know, you can't survive on your own. Like, think about this. What, how many people would survive if, we lost power for months at a time or you didn't have water like you couldn't like you had to hunt for your food like what if like society collapsed and how many people would just curl up and die well that or people would just I, automatically turn on each other i was gonna say yeah, it well, wouldn't be too. just dying from starvation it'd be looting and rioting and, right. and basically you know Falling under the Ten Commandments by harming your neighbor. You know, yeah, that's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, no, Again, absolutely right. And that's we where don't, the we whole lack, value. lack of values comes in. Right, right. Mm -hmm. that's where like not just academically have we declined. We have declined as just th think about like when your grandparents grew up. Like people would say yes, ma'am, no, yes, sir. They would hold doors for each other. Thank you, please. You're welcome. That shit doesn't happen anymore. Like I, I see older people out walking and I see young kids, they don't hold doors for anybody. They don't say thank you. They're usually making fun of the old person or yelling at them or doing something intentionally to get a cool video out of it. So like mm -hmm. just the, my, it's crazy. In my household, it does. I don't care. My kids yeah. are three and six now at three and six years old. They will use manners, especially when they're in front of me. Yeah. But you're the, the, you're the talking. minority in this though. Cause it's not happening. You're right. With the majority of people. You're right, yeah. but it's not hard. I talked about it in, in my episode to where next two generations, if you talk more about, you know, respect and, and love, we could change the world. You could it's not hard. Well, and that's, and, and so, and, and here's, here's an example of people having low standards and expectations, right? The whole, this all got started. Ideal got started because we wanted to have an impact on society. When you say that out loud, right? We're three guys. We're three. No one knows us. No one, you know, no, in the grand scheme of like Randy's been in the world, no one cares about us, right? To say that we want to impact society, most people think we're freaking crazy. And most <laughs> people wouldn't encourage us to shoot that big, but the right people will, right? So, we have again that goes back to the more support like we'd have more support just why are you guys doing that stay at your w2 job be miserable the rest of your life it's safe it's secure like no i yeah, want why, why are you leaving a six-figure job why why right. would you do that that's insane i've well, gotten that plenty yeah i'm not happy with what i'm doing that's why yeah. i i want to do something that has an impact on the world and i don't feel like i'm having a big impact on the world i was having zero impact on the right. world i mean i i, I feel like I do have a little bit of an impact, but I have such resistance coming back to it that the impact I could have is not quite there. Like yeah. I'm trying to have an impact, but it's very hard. And when you're being 
fought on a daily basis, like you, like Brian said earlier, like you, yeah, eventually you stop doing as much as you did. And that's when the mediocrity sets in. Yeah. And I shouldn't say that. Like I did have, I mean, I was in a leadership position. I still have friends that were reported to me at some point. So obviously there was some impact there, but having an impact on with those handcuffs that you talked about, like you constantly have it. I wasn't, it wasn't how I wanted to approach things. I was constantly thinking about, well, I have to do it this way and I have to, this isn't how I would do it ideally, but this is how I have to do it because of corporate and HR and all this stuff. And not saying all of that was wrong, but you know, I, I want to impact the world on my own terms. And that's a different level of freedom and satisfaction and drive and desire and determination that comes with that, you know, like and that's my setting high expectations. My big thing is with these high expectations. Like w- there are people out there that are setting high expectations for other people and they're getting, they're getting beat up, like not physically beat up, but they're getting beat up over it. And, and people are trying to put them down. Like my fr- I have a friend who's a teacher shout out to Mitch. She came up with a behavior contract that her kids had to sign and the families had to sign. So she's saying, this is what I expect in my classroom from your kids. And I'm going to hold them accountable. And, they should be held accountable at home. And I want everyone to sign this. Some and then coach Carter stuff. And then it gets brought up at a board meeting. Coach that she's doing this because oh, people, are, people are upset that she's doing it though. And they, they bring it up to the board at a board of education meeting. How is this a problem? You have somebody who wants to make your kids a better person and they're going to hold them accountable to it. And they're going to give the kid ownership. And you're going to, you're going to argue that you're going to fight that. How, why? I that's that why that's the question why? why and how do we fix it because we the three of us and everybody listening out there we can take steps towards helping to spread positive messages we're doing the a youth camp you know like there are things that we're doing taking action to do this but it takes more than just three people it starts with us but, you know, and not just us specifically, it starts with anybody individually. We have to come together and we have to work together and stop. One of the biggest things for me is there is only far left and far right right now. Like no one can work together if they have opposing political views. And part of that social media, because everybody knows everything about everybody now. And two is just we can't have a conversation like because we don't approach conversations with emotional intelligence and loyalty and thinking that that is another person across from me. And maybe they have some ideas that are good. And maybe I have some ideas are good. Well, how do we come to an agreement on how to tackle these things and how do we get values back and how do we teach kids real life skills like being intentional and being disciplined, using logical thinking, loving, right? Like loving each other instead of hate all the time. Like it's, that's a big problem, Brian, you've talked about it. You mentioned a little bit earlier, but Mm -hmm. the lack of just love for our fellow person. And I don't get me wrong. Like I've changed a lot. And I used to be somebody who was an asshole and didn't approach things with love and didn't try to add value to everybody that I met. You know, I've, I've been that guy and it's a miserable life. It's a miserable, lonely life. And you're never going to have that positive impact and reach those high expectations if you live that way. So that's a big one that's lacking. I mean, I hate to say it. we need more coach Carter's or Michael Eanes or Mitch in the world. More people that stand up for the betterment of people will increase the productivity of people. 
That Coach Carter movie is a true story. Yeah. Right. He worked in an inner city school. He had the contract. And ultimately, he changed lives. Kids went to college that were, were had no desire to go to college. Kids got out of gangs that probably would have, without him, probably would have died on the streets. Mm. At the end of the day, we, the people who are listening, have the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. Think about what that dude went through. Coach Carter was in a pretty rough neighborhood. And he had parents that wanted absolutely nothing to do with him. He yeah, locked they doors. Him they wanted they, him fired. They wanted him fired. The man was absolutely, pretty much unanimously hated by every parent. Maybe not every parent, but a lot of the parents of those kids. But he stood up for what was best for them. Not what was best for him or how much money was going in his pocket, but for the kids. Yep. And you know what would have been easy? For him to walk away. Of course. For him to do that. And he chose the hard right over the easy wrong. And that's where by having low standards and low expectations, that's what we're teaching people. Take the easy way out, right? Don't sleep in the desert. Drive back to the hotel and sleep in the air conditioning. Take a shower. Right. Um, but but in reality, I mean, it's you. The other thing, too, is it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage and bravery to do what he did, right? Or to stand up in today's society and to continue to push forward and drive forward because you're going to get beat down. You're going to get, you know, people are going to be nasty. People are going to attack you, right? I've talked about it before, but I deal with it on Instagram. Like so many people attack me for my comments and my opinions instead of, and you don't have to agree with me. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not necessarily trying to change those people's opinions or anything like that. I'm just sharing my thoughts and my message and my opinion. But have you ever like has anything really positive ever came out of uh, starting off a conversation by verbally assaulting someone? No, because you wouldn't do that to somebody's face. You would. No, no. I mean, most people wouldn't. Some people. Well, if you do, (laughs) there might be retaliation that you don't like. Right. And that's a, yeah, that's a whole nother issue with, right, with we, social media and stuff. We'll do that later, that but later. <laughs> yeah. And then, and again, like to come back to this, so where we started off, we talked about education in the military. So we're, in my opinion, overall, by lowering our standards with education, we're weakening society, right? We're, we're making a less mentally tough, mentally resilient smart you know there's no grit there's no grit yeah we have no grit right and now now we're it's carrying over to the military yeah they have to they're they're having to and i not i shouldn't say having to they're choosing to lower their standards because there is a shortage of people who are qualified to enter the military that are military age and they're qualified either because they're so out of shape and overweight or they're they can't pass the asvab tough test man tough it's test. not hard <laughs> to pass the asvab you know like okay so here's one thing the army's doing so for people who can't meet the physical requirements or the academic requirements they're basically having like pre-boot camp is is yeah, what like i consider it three-month course or something yeah so i'm fine with that you're not lowering the standards if they meet the standard, if they meet it, I'm fine. Right. If they meet it, but if they don't meet it, then well, guess what? Come back, try again later, you know, whatever. But, you know, so I'm okay with that. 
they're helping trying to get those people up to the standard. They're not lowering the standard. Now the air force is lowering the standard. The air force is increasing what you can, your BMI qualification or whatever. I don't remember if it's BMI or it's body fat percentage, but whatever it is, they're lowering the standard for that. So it's and, the Navy. yeah, yeah. And it's just, you're, we, I get it. It's a different military, right? Like it's not as many boots on ground typically like, you know, but that could happen. That could happen. World War Three could kick off. Like we're obviously in a very volatile time with okay, everything that's going on. What I said earlier about having pride in America, when you put on yeah. that uniform, there's some pride there. And if you look like a shit sandwich in that uniform, where's the pride? Right. 100% agreed. I 20, 26% body fat, Kyle, is what the Navy's allowing for men and 36% for women. 26%? Yeah. I'm 36 years old, and I can tell you my body fat percentage is nowhere near that. I don't know what it is, but it's because you take care of I and I and that a lot of that really started with the military. Like I wanted to, I remember my dad when I was younger. I remember the military members that I grew up around. And they, for the most part, don't get me wrong. Like I do recall like one or two people who were out of shape, but for the most part, they looked the part. There are a lot of people now that do not. (laughs) And the other thing is, is like, if I'm in a combat situation, I need you to be able to physically not only like, okay, one, save my ass when I need save my ass, but, (laughs) but. Now, what if I now I have to save your ass and put myself in harm's way even more because right. you can't run? You know what I mean? Like, and the like when we were in, and again, this wasn't that long ago. Like, typically, I, I mean, if you didn't meet the requirements, you weren't deploying. But now, if you're lowering the standards across the board, these people are going to end up in combat situations, most likely at some point. And they're not only putting themselves in danger, they're putting other people in danger as well. And they're weakening what we're doing. There are other countries out there that are hard, that are training to kill, that are training to win the fight. I don't feel that we're doing that anymore or we're approaching it the wrong way. Like we feel that computers are going to win the fight, that some guy flying a drone is going to win a fight. No, at the end of the day, boots on ground. That's what it that's what it comes down to. And I'm not confident in in, in America boot. anymore with boots on ground. Like I feel like China and Russia, they are they are breeding a tougher population of people, and we have we're aiming for mediocrity, which is not going to translate well to a boots on ground war with those countries. Yeah, well, and there's also balance to that too. Like, I mean, I don't want to live in a communist society. But... No, but I feel like. If you look back to like even like the 60s, like just the far out, man. So like there's there's Uh a school and yes, it's a little ridiculous, but it was called La Sierra High School and it was for boys and it was to prep them. It was like it was a physical fitness school. But these dudes were jacked, man. I've seen those videos. Yeah. Yeah. And they were all studs, all of them. And like, you just think like that was, that was the norm at that school. You can't that was have that now. You can't do that now. But what, you if know we, how... but what if we did? No, but you can't, you know, I know, I know we can't. <laughs> People's heads would explode. You mean you have a school where I have to be physically fit? 
Right. That is that is not fair, Randy. And you were ranked on how well you did. In yeah, they wore a different color, like yeah. shorts or something, right? I mean, like, oh my gosh, that guy just beat me. That hurts my feelings. Yeah. We should all have the same color shorts. No, you should step it the hell up and try to yeah. earn that pair of shorts. There is you... a such thing as healthy competition, and we are eliminating that. It's gone. Yeah. That's why everybody gets a goddamn participation trophy, and it drives me nuts because my kids will be like – their, their softball team takes last out of eight teams in a tournament. They get a freaking trophy, and I, and I take the damn trophy from them, and I feel like an ass. Like, yeah. Why'd you take and, my trophy? I'm like, because you didn't earn it. Well, and in in, to borrow your favorite word, there's a dichotomy to this too, right? <laughs> because also something I don't agree with is the emphasis that was put on physical fitness from a promotion standpoint, right? Now, do I think having the discipline to be in really good shape is important? Yes, but it doesn't, that alone doesn't make you a leader. And the way that the military structure is worked is if you continue to get promoted, you are in a leadership position by default. And there are some people that are, you know, and I should, I would put myself in that boat. I wasn't ready to be a leader, right? I was in great shape. I did great on my PT test, but but you don't have to. That do doesn't it. make you me a leader. To, you just have to pass it. No, I know. I'm just saying. But they, but they, at one point in time, you got more promotion points the higher your right. your right. P, your PT. You had to meet a standard to get that, though. But you have to meet a standard yeah. now. It's just a way lower standard. Which I'm is just saying. Out, which is turning out lesser leaders. I yes. agree. I'm not. I'm not. It's just that's turning not, out lesser yeah. lesser military members overall. So yeah, I have yeah. some numbers here. So like before we got out, I don't know, Brian, if you ever participated in the new ACFT. Yeah, I did, I did not. It, it was being implemented and tested at units, but I never had to. I never had the opportunity to take it. No. Yeah, so I, never, we never, I never. We did never it took either. it either. No. So when we did it, it was what? It was two minutes of push-ups, two minutes of sit-ups, and then a two-mile run. That yep, was yep. it. And and you had to you had to like you had to be in decent shape to pass it. Like you couldn't especially just go. the run the the run as a male. But the female standards on the run were a joke. And yeah, the, they were and a lot the lower. But if you weren't if you weren't running on your own, like you probably weren't gonna go out there and do real hot. Like some people would yes, they would pass because you have some people who are just athletic. But then you have like others, like if you're not doing it, you're probably not gonna do very well on the run. So the, now they they wanted a more equitable uh PT system. So now, so it was not based on gender anymore. It was just the same for everybody. And believe it or not, it actually got, isn't it MOS specific? Like the state I'm, 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 I think that was the original intent was it was supposed to be specific to your job, like an infantryman, like which I understandable to a point. I think the entry standard should be the same across the board, regardless of your job in order to get into the army or the air force or the Marine Corps. I think that should be across the board, but I do understand to some degree, a small degree, not much that as a supply officer, me being in the same shape as, you know, an infantry officer might like I could I could maybe you could probably convince me of that as long as the standard was still relatively high for the stall. I'm not saying they should be out of shape and overweight and sloppy, but I can get that. And I think that was the original intent of the ACFT was to say, like, hey, this one is for 
you know, transportation. This one is for infantry. This one is for, you know, or combat arms in general, I guess I should say. I think I, I don't know. I don't know all either. the details on that. I know it was more of a combat readiness test where like instead of yes. doing all the stuff that we did, you would have to do like a dragon carry and you were doing things that you would use in the field. It was more like CrossFit <laughs> stuff. It was it right. was functional training. Hold on, sir. Put your gun down. Let me do some push-ups before <laughs> I do yeah. more than you. I don't know like if you saw these sense. pecs, but uh, <laughs> it was yeah, supposed they're, to they're be gonna win the war. It was supposed to be a good thing. Right. But if I if I'm it's already correct, changed. If I'm correct, it did not. It actually yeah, made PT failures go even up. further up yeah. in women. It, yes. Yes. Because it was general neutral. There was no there was no male standard, no female standard. There was one standard. And now you had the older, it was older people and it was the females that weren't me meeting the, the standards. So well, yeah, they, and if you do that, you're going to either make it too easy. If, if you really put it in the middle, you're going to make it too easy for men and possibly too hard for women. And then it's really fucking things up. Well, now it's, it's ridiculous. So it was 30 pushups. That was, that was how long. I, I don't know how long they had. They just had to do 30. Oh. They dropped it to 10 for a guy like anybody. This is general, general neutral. So you have to do 10, 10 portions, 10, the, they were doing the knee tucks where you would hang from a pull-up bar. Mm -hmm. uh, that was too hard. They have now changed that to a plank. You just have to hold yourself up in a plank, not like on your arms, plank, plank, hold Maybe yourself. Just the push-up position. Yeah. And then the men have, we used to, we used to do that for forever. Front lean large position. <laughs> when men we have, have 22 minutes to run a two mile and women have the uh, 23 minutes to run a two mile. That's fucking slow. I'm 36 years old and I run like a 16 minute two mile up and down hills. Well, that's the standard, my friend. 10 pushups. If that's Can't the case, if that's the case, let me ask you for somebody on a profile that has a, PT test that's been modified, like say you had a, a, a running profile and now you had to do the walk. The walk is not easy to do. No, the walk sucked. And 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 back when we were in, the walk sucked because the time limit wasn't great. Do you have any stats on that? Like I, that's I been extended to? Did not write the stats on the walk. I did do the walk after knee surgery for a year and I thought the walk was harder than the run. And the run. Yeah, that was you had, you had to I do mean, uh, ten miles, and you have tiny little legs. Yeah, you're... you would have shin splints so bad. It was not. It was not. Fun. When Randy did the walk, he looked like Stewie from Family Guy walking when he walks fast and his little feet are moving like crazy. That was Randy, and then so, yeah, <laughs> pounding on your shins too. Since we're throwing out stats, and I'm changing the subject. Uh, since 2018, 71 percent of military age people that yeah. would be able to go into the military are not able to join because of weight education or because of their criminal background. Well, so and, and education we talked about, right? But here's the thing that's leading to this whole weight issue, right? If you look back to the 60s, let's go back to the 60s. La Sierra Fitness was booming. <laughs> but <laughs> most people were healthy relatively speaking right like they weren't morbidly obese like we see today you walk out the door anywhere you go now and you see horribly unhealthy people well all Kyle, over the place i have another stat for you uh two out of three u.s adults are overweight one yes. out of three are obese in okay. america 
Okay, so let's look at some things that have changed since the 1960s. Food. Food. That was the exact one that I was going to. In the 70s is when processed foods and all this shit, all these additives and everything were added to our foods. And then it got worse in the 80s, right? And that's when you started seeing obesity skyrocket, right? Now, you have to take ownership of your own life, right? Like you, you don't have to eat those foods or you don't, if let's say that, you know, and those foods are cheaper, which is I, again, like that's an issue, right? And more convenient and more convenient. So let's say hypothetically speaking, in order to feed yourself, you do have to maybe not spend as much money on organic, whatever it is, right? However, you don't have to eat as much of it, right? So take control of your own life and stop stuffing your face uncontrollably. But Are you talking about is, portion sizes, Kyle? Portion control, discipline, you know, what? a lot emotional intelligence when it comes to your food because a lot of people eat with their emotions and that's horrible. So that you is don't a just, whole You don't go to Taco thing. Bell and just get like six tacos and eat them all in one sitting? Well, sometimes on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> you should see me put away food on a Sunday night. Uh, we're going out to Mexican on Sunday. I'm super excited about it. Um that's a, a story for another time. But five for five RB sandwich. I also haven't had a sip of alcohol in 55 days or something like that, too. So, again, that's all within my control. But regardless, we have a bigger issue in the fact that our food is poisoned. Like the food that we eat in America that is put on our shelves, that is made cheap and convenient and easy for us, that people eat constantly is full of crap that isn't available that you can't that that would be illegal in other countries right like you look at italy and greece and stuff like all the they typically those people are much and they live longer because they are healthier right and that's because of the food right it's 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 an entirely different concept from a cultural standpoint when you go overseas right and look at and you know for most people in asia like typically and some of that's genetic right i'm not saying that genetics don't play a role in in things but they eat much better than we do they and do. it's not i've had plenty of people tell me like they've gone overseas like we had a friend that went to chile argentina and she was like i stuffed my face the entire time I was there and I lost weight. And it was because she was eating healthy, whole foods, healthy fats, well, carbohydrates. Mean, you, you drive like around any parts. city and you're going to see about 30 fast food restaurants, establishments. Right. So, I mean, it's all about I'm, convenience. It's easier to do that than it is to go find some healthy food and make it. And it's going to cost less money. Yeah, Dude, I, I was a huge culprit of that. When I was in law enforcement, it was so easy to, to just, instead of packing a lunch, to drive through a drive through or walk into a place and watch them make it so they weren't spitting in my food. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I gained a lot of weight. And Sweet. then after getting out of law enforcement. 12 donuts. Well, I was never a donut or coffee guy, but you know, <laughs> I, I'd frequent that Arby's five for five Ooh. that you were talking about. Yeah. So yeah, it makes it extremely convenient for people. And then. My my sons, I hate that they know so much about McDonald's. Go I love my I love I love my folks, but it's my folks have used it as a reward for the boys. Um, I don't like it. I understand they're very young right now. They eat it once, a, you know, every couple of weeks or whatever. So be it. But I know that my kids eat that probably close to once a week right now because it's a reward. 
Let's look yeah, at reward rewards real quick because yeah, let's let's look at rewards. The expectation has now become that you should get a reward for everything, and I'm not talking about trophies and participation things anymore. Like my kids will be like, "I finished my dinner, so what I get do something." I get? I'm like, yes. "I'm not giving you something because you did something you were supposed to do," and that's what's that's what happens at school all the time. Like, oh, yeah. I, I did I did my homework, or I did the project, or I I completed what we were working on. What do I get? I'm like. You get self-satisfaction. What do you mean? What do you get? Yeah, self-satisfaction. I mean, and I think like giving some praise is, is okay, right? But like not every single no. time. No, no, no. I yeah, I agree. There's balance to it, right? There's a dichotomy, I believe. There's a dichotomy there. <laughs> but you need to be intentional with explaining to them, you know, again, this goes to specific praise. It's like, hey, when you go above and beyond the standard, then you get rewarded. Right. And it's not always going to be instant gratification. Sometimes these rewards are going to take time and you have to do these things over and over again and be consistent with them. And then you get rewarded. I mean, you have to look at the generation that's going through school now. These these kids are born with iPads or iPhones like they they know how to work on when they're whether they're two years old. So they get every answer they want in, in the matter of seconds. Like they don't have to wait for anything. So they, mm -hmm. they're constantly looking for that instant gratification. And when they don't get something right away, it just throws them off. They have zero patience, zero mm -hmm. patience. And then, then they have little meltdowns over silly, silly things. Cause I, I was talking to kids and about doing like a book report and they were talking about, Oh, I just have to look it up. I'm like, yeah, we used to have to go to the library, use the Dewey decimal system and try to find the book in the library. That took like an hour, just trying to figure out where the hell the book was. And then you had to, open the book you had to read the words in the book and then you summarize know, it you know what i just thought about is like so we've talked about education we've talked about food we've talked about the military, military. we've talked about the border real quick i did what do all of these things who's in control of all of these things all four of those things the government the government uh, the fda yeah the they all have an ABC associated with them. Right. It's all right. So I think one thing, so like we've talked a lot about issues. We've done our share of bitching right <clears> now. <throat> what do we do to fix it? I think the first thing is one values at home. Like we as a society need to pull our heads out of our asses and get back to teaching kids values, love the ability. Well, I think the ability like, let we could go on a martial arts i think that's a huge thing that could maybe not a lot of just values. i think values everywhere like yeah values everywhere but i think it starts from a value perspective if you're not learning it at home it's going to be really hard for you as a child to learn it anywhere else right i agree but, but it needs to happen at home first but it still needs to be applied everywhere you go like if you went to your friend's house when you were younger and you were you were acting like a fool what would you, what would those friends parents do i they would most likely call my parents and yeah, they're going to call your ass out on it. They're not yeah. just going to let it go. And now we just let it go. It's easier to avoid conflict than it is to address the conflict. We don't, we don't want to face conflict. We want to avoid it at all costs. And that allows the expectations to be lowered because we just let people do whatever the hell they want yeah. to do. And I notice a lot of people that are our age now want to be friends with their kids. Like they want to be pals they yeah. take selfies with them constantly or all over social media doing it's just looks ridiculous. Like when you're a parent and you're taking 
in my opinion, inappropriate pictures, like not, not new, like, not like that, like, but you're acting like a 16 year old with your 16 year old or however old they are, 12, 15, 18, whatever it is like, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having fun with your kids, but I think there's a lot, like you have to be very careful. Like there is a line there. Yeah. There is a boundary. Right. And in my opinion, that sets the wrong expectation. Like, do I want you to be close to me? Do I want you to be able to talk to me? And again, I'm not a parent, but when I think about being a parent, my parents did a very, like they did a very good job of having standards, of holding me accountable, of disciplining me when I needed to it most of the time. Right. Like, I mean, I did get away with stuff here and there, but you know, my parents were not my friends. They, they were my parents. I, they were authority figures. I respected them. Did that slip sometimes? Yeah. Right. But you know, and and I think you can take that too far to where the point where it's hard for me to open up sometimes. And it's hard for me to share things that are, you know, very deep for me because that wasn't, you know, so I think you have to balance that relationship. And I want my kids to be able to come to me and talk to me and tell me anything without the fear of necessarily getting in trouble because I want you to be able to talk to me. But you also have to understand there's consequences to your actions. But you know, it's just gotten to this point in culture where it's all about, again, I think it personally, a lot of that comes down to social media. It's like, I want to look like the cool parent on socials and blah, blah, blah. And it's just, it's ridiculous. Like, no, set standards, hold the line, have the bravery and the courage to have those difficult and let your kids be pissed at you. There were plenty of times where I was pissed at my parents, but I always respected my parents. I still respect my parents. I still love my parents because they were, you know, tough on me when they needed to be so like last night i I was at softball scrimmage and uh i was just watching the game and i was listening behind me because my kids are playing on the playground and this one mom was like hey hey it's time to get off the playground and come over here so we can leave and the kid goes no i'm not coming and she's like uh okay but i feel like you have been having some issues on the playground you're not playing very nicely with that other little boy. He's like, That's no, correct. I'm not coming. And, and she just let him keep playing. What did you say, Brian? I it said, is let's a re- re- let's redirect. It's a oh, redirection. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think, yes, you should not automatically just boom, jump on them and, and scream and yell to get, get your point across. Maybe you do have to give a redirection, but that kid did not listen at any time. And then, she ended up like walking off to the car by herself and waited for him to be done and then come yeah. to the car. That shit ain't is n- <laughs> what are we teaching them by doing well, that? Yeah. So I, then what happens when they go to their sports team and they do that to their coach or they go to work when they're adults and they do that to their boss? You know, like, I mean, I'm hesitant to say that they would be held accountable because who knows at this point, but what should happen is, yeah, but it's just, again, regardless of whether or not it's setting the wrong expectation, it's bullshit and it's having a very substantial impact on our society as a negative one. Yes. We have a friend who owns a business and he, he has a hard time finding people because it's a very physical job. He has a hard time getting people to show up on a daily basis. Well, he, so he hires high school kids in the summer. And uh, <laughs> this one kid, he's, he's 18. He graduated, has his mom call him off work. His mom called and said, Hey, he's not feeling well today. 
he's not going to be in. And this is after like the dude didn't, didn't come in or he's been late repeatedly. And our buddy was like, yeah, just uh, let him know that uh, he doesn't need to come in anymore because uh, he's, because he's fired. And she's, you can't do that to my yeah, son. Be, yes, I can. You can't fire him. So what you were talking about before parents trying to, I mean, there's parents that call college professors and be like, Oh, you're too hard on my kid. You gave him a bad grade. Yeah, and you give not, your kid a bad grade. Your kid earned a bad grade. Yeah. And you're screwing your kid by not allowing them to fail and to make mistakes and to figure things out. And you're constantly protecting them. You're, you're setting them up for failure in the future. Like you have to learn from those situations. If you don't want to go to work, call and have that difficult conversation or suck it up and go to work because again, like discipline is key in order to be successful in life. You're not always going to want to do this. And even when you're working a job that you love, like I am in that position, I am blessed and lucky enough that I took the action and it was intentional and got myself into that position. So I, I mean, like not, not to sound weird, but I, I thank myself for that and, and my wife and all the people that helped me. But if it wasn't for me taking the action, I wouldn't be there. But there is still stuff that I don't want to do. And that takes discipline in order for me to get it done. Today, would I have much rather been hanging out and watching TV? Sure, absolutely. But I was writing ads for marketing, right? And that's not something that I enjoy doing personally, but it has to get done in order for me to be successful and for us to have a successful business, right? By not allowing your kids to have those difficult times, not sometimes challenging them to do things, you're setting them up for failure. You're teaching them all the wrong things. You're setting the wrong expectations. Right. But anyway, so we got off to the go. We, we got off from the government. Oh, yeah. That is so I personally feel that as we need to remember that as a people, we live in a republic not a democracy. Most people have that mixed up. And we, so a constitutional republic specifically, which means we have the power. We have the power as the people of this country to do that. But we let our government walk all over us. We never hold them accountable. The media doesn't hold them accountable unless it fits their agenda, which is complete bullshit. So now we have them poisoning our food. Imagine what would have happened in the early 1800s if they the government was like hey by the way we're gonna put all this crap in your food that's gonna kill you slowly it's gonna give you cancer it's gonna make you fat and obese that wouldn't have been tolerated honest abe would not have stood for that well he was part of the government but <laughs> but he was honest abe. but he was honest he was an honest man but, honest. But, but you get my point right like we we started a war over being taxed unfairly right and like yep. now we're so we have the entire system ass backwards where we're no longer in control. We don't believe that we're in control of this, that we're just letting it happen and we're letting the power, them poison our food. That's the power of manipulation. Mm -hmm. it's, and it happens in everything. Think about old folks. Every time you turn around, you hear about your grandmother's friend, you know, your grandmother who just got, you know, ripped off because somebody called her and she gave money. Every parent that's afraid to discipline their kid because he you heard about the kid that sued his parents because he got spanked mm -hmm. manipulation is what is killing this country in my opinion yeah and everybody is everybody is afraid so the more people become afraid the less people want to fight back the less people want to stand up for themselves so 
Yeah. Fear is a great way to control people. You're manipulating them with fear. It was the same thing that we saw in COVID. You manipulated an entire planet with fear. Right. Instead of enabling and empowering them to make their own choices. And then when you shove it down our throats, we question it even more because it's like, what is the fucking intent here? Right. So, yes, you're right. It's being driven. Manipulation is being driven through fear. You ever you see that show? Uh, what would you do? Yeah. Back on Nickelodeon. Right. No, that that's our. Oh, no, there was a show. What would you you're I thinking, know what you're, you're talking about? You're thinking double dare. No, there was it Physical the same challenge. guy. It was the same guy. Mark Summers, right? No, this guy's name Dude, was John. I'm, I know John... what show you're talking about. What would you do? I I, what would you I do? remember and like they put put like weird situations out in public to see how people would react, and most of the time people ignored it. They ignored it because they were too scared to do something. Yeah, and that's the society we live in now. When you see something you know is wrong, and you just ignore it because you're too scared to, to confront it or deal with it, and that's where or... we're. At. Or you're running to it to videotape it because you want to seem cool by posting it to your social media. Instead of really doing something about it, you're just standing there, one of the bystanders with their phone. Oh, dude, this yeah. is crazy. Well, this, this kid's getting his ass kicked by like six dudes. Let's go yeah. videotape this and watch it. I think all those people should get charged with shit. Ha. There was a game show on Nickelodeon called What Would You Do? And it was hosted by Mark Summers. And it was on from 1991 to 1993. So well, Mark Mark Summers was not hosting the show that I'm talking about. His name checked. was, well, his I name just was John it. something. John John Stamos? Ka Kawasaki or something. <laughs> John Stamos. Wow. Did we just become best friends? Do you want <laughs> to go, go do karate in the garage? Yep. <laughs> oh, this, this conversation. Could we keep... <sighs> Yeah, like it's so hard to stay like and go back to like talking about how we would fix it because there's so much shit wrong and it's driving yeah. me nuts. Well, and it goes back to it's like <laughs> that's a big thing to fix. Like it is a big thing you fix. almost have to be crazy to be like, hey, I'm gonna fix society or I'm gonna try to have an impact on society, right? But we're trying to do that, right? Like we're trying to help people become more intentional, more disciplined, more emotionally intelligent, accountable, and loyal. And when you do that, and when you, like, Brian, to your point... Hey, John, John Quinones was his name. I don't uh, know. Way cooler if it was John, John Cena. <laughs> well, if it was John Cena, we wouldn't have much of a show. You couldn't see him. I don't know but, if I'm saying it right, but that's something along those natures. As an Mark, educator, you you probably can't read well. So it there was a lot of ex-amigus in there. And I don't give the guy a dodgeball and he's like a savant. Oh yeah. I definitely throw my shoulder out <laughs> in seconds. <laughs> You're pronouncing Mark Summers really weird there when you say that name, by the way. Um, but anyway, so, but to your point, like you teach people kindness and empathy and pat, you know, all compassion through emotional intelligence. And, we look at these skills and that's why it's so important. If you can teach somebody to take ownership of their lives, if you can teach them to set goals and to be loyal to them and to leverage their discipline in order, order to achieve them, it sounds, it, and it doesn't sound, it is complicated. It's very complex. It's very challenging. It's a huge task, but we could sit here and we could continue to do nothing and we could post about it and bitch and moan on social media 
or we can start doing something. We can talk about it, right? We can socialize it. We can have deep conversations. We can try to invite people from the other side of the aisle to sit down and show them, hey, we can have a conversation. We can do things like youth camps and and take the time and effort to help kids leverage these skills and learn what they mean and apply them in leadership situations. We can eventually open a school. We can eventually do family camps and parenting camps and all of these things, which is way freaking better than doing nothing. Imagine if everybody just did a couple things a year to make a difference. Imagine where we could be and not only make a difference for their own freaking agendas, to make the world, our society specifically in the country, because right now I'm not worried about the world. We have to fix our home first. And that's a whole nother thing where we send all of our freaking tax money overseas. But we need to fix here first. And it's going to take a massive united effort in order to do it. And you know what's one thing every person could do that, that, that doesn't take much? Just be nice to each other. Well, that's one. Stop thing. being fake. We could do a lot of things, I guess, but I'm, in, in terms of what we're talking about right now, keep your high expectations. Keep the expectations yeah. high and challenge people to rise to those expectations. Don't lower them. Don't lower the bar. That that sets up mediocrity, and that's not what we're aiming for. Keep those high expectations. Challenge your friends to rise to it. Challenge your family members. Start with yourself. Challenge, Challenge yourself. yourself. Yes. Yeah, start I, with yourself. And once you have yourself figured out, because that's where we were, right? Like we we needed to do, and we're still everybody. We're still growing. We're still progressing. We're not perfect. We're never going to be. But we started with ourselves, got that figured out. And now we're moving on to the next thing and the next thing after that. And we're trying to impact more and more people. So if you don't know where to start, you don't know what to do, focus on yourself, your own personal growth and development, and just becoming the best version of yourself every single day. But you could ask someone to help hold you accountable. You can have yeah. an accountability. You don't have partner. to do it alone, but right. you start with yourself. Start on yourself. Don't I, just keep the expectations high. They don't need yes. to be lowered. Standards yeah. shouldn't be lowered. They should constantly be raising the bar, raising the bar, trying to be better than what you are. We, we say this, try to be 1% better than you were the day before. It doesn't have to be like this crazy amount of change in one day. Just 1% better than the day you were before. That's a, that's a high expectation. And it starts with one thing. Just pick one thing and get better at that one thing. Brian, you've been trying to talk for like five minutes and we keep cutting you off. <laughs> it's okay. I was going to talk about the movie Idiocracy. Have you seen it? <laughs> Yeah. yes and i have a great thing one, to share about this movie when you're done though <laughs> one thing that we can do to start changing is make everybody watch that movie everybody thinks it's funny it's hilarious you know you got the president who is you know super flamboyant and all funny and then you got the people in the cabinet you got some 12 year old kid running whatever and you know you got the doctor you know who's looking at the screen and he's judging your mood so he's hitting the smiley face or the sad yeah. face like it was a funny movie, but that is the fact. That's the direction in which we're moving. One hundred percent. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> I literally scary. watched. I literally watched that movie, and I'm like, "Holy shit, dude!" Like we are becoming such a dumb society that there's not going to be any turning back at some point. It's going to be too far gone. I think everybody needs to watch that movie, so it really kind of hits home. Like, okay, we're kind of living this right now. This isn't good. I know yeah. it's a it's a it's a funny point, 
and obviously nobody's going to go watch that movie because we're saying to go watch that movie. <laughs> but you can learn a lot from just the way society is going right now based on what's in that movie. Oh, yeah. And you just look at stuff on social media and you're like, is this real life? Like people really think this way and they believe this. This is like, I mean, it's completely illogical. Some of the shit that's going on. But what you said, idiocracy. So fact check this. I don't know. I saw it on Instagram. But allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, I mean, this guy had a lot of information and the pictures looked legit. That's so if you look at their shoes in that movie, they're Crocs. And somebody, I forget the exact story. I can send it to you. But basically they were like, we should pick like some ridiculous like startup shoe brand that just looks absolutely absurd and put them in the movie, like give them an opportunity to be in the movie. And it was Crocs. And that here's, you know, now everybody's freaking wearing Crocs <laughs> and they look ridiculous. And I have Crocs. I'm not, I'm not saying that I don't have them. Cause I do. I, have I do fuzzy not have ones. I have Crocs. the fuzzy dude. They're great in the winter dude. when they have the fuzz in them and you can go outside real easy. I was going to say I wore them for shower shoes overseas and they were great, but you just said the fuzzy ones. Yeah. I thought that was the dumbest thing in the world. Seeing people walking through 10 inches of snow in Ohio with Crocs that have big holes in them. wear them. <laughs> in the like for that like i'm saying if i need to take the dog out real quick like i'll slip them on just to like you know let the dog out or whatever but they either way they look freaking ridiculous and people it's it's a it's a freaking microcosm of that movie it's like it's something absolutely illogical and ridiculous and now it's just it's just what you're saying is hollywood put that in our minds and they subconsciously mind fucked us into wearing crocs I am not wearing Crocs, and I will never wear Crocs. So well, I'm gonna get. I'm I don't gonna think it was Crocs. in a movie, but I'm wearing some Hey Dudes right oh, now, and dude. I feel like I'm gonna get thrown at these. Hey, I love my Hey Dudes. My hey Dudes are the best. Um, I have a pair of Yard Dudes that I wear to cut the grass. I have a pair of black like type dudes to wear with my black outfits. I have tan dudes. I had gym dudes at one point that I wore to work out, and those smelled terrible. I have tennis shoes. Um, I wear those. Yeah. Yeah, and I have well, running shoes where I run in. That's about it. <laughs> mama, mama says they're my magic shoes. <laughs> those my magic shoes. They take me where I want to go. Those look like some real comfortable shoes. <laughs> <laughs> that bitch Jenny, freaking hate her. Uh, she ended up marrying him and stuff, and little forest. Then she died of cancer because she was probably eating shitty food. <laughs> yeah. Well, you boys are from Arkansas, huh? <laughs> uh, drove through there once. <laughs> anyway. That's a good. That's a good movie, man. God, I love that movie. It's one of the best. So, uh, really off topic. I don't know oh. if you have the the flicks or not, but a man named Otto is pretty good. Haven't that's seen with, that. That's with Tom Hanks. That. It just came out. It's pretty good. <sighs> Tom Hanks. I I Used love him love as him. an actor. I love him as an actor. I like his movies, but he don't like him as a yeah, person. Right. I don't yeah. know him. As a person, so I don't have to worry. You about You should. I, me and him used to hang out. <laughs> well, like, I'm sure we used you to did. Kick it. Uh, you know why? He shout got, out to Tom Hanks, who's listening. You ever, you ever heard of Johnny Hop? <laughs> what is his name? He went to Johns Hopkins. I used to smoke weed with Johnny Hopkins. <laughs> what? What are we talking about? Tom Hanks. Yeah. I just said. I, I, I just said. Now. Do you know why he took up citizenship in Greece? Yeah, because it wasn't. Was he involved in the Epstein thing? Is that what it was? Yeah. We'll we'll try we'll get into that. We'll get you talking that. about you talking about NATO Jones. I, NATO. I, I don't know no NATO. I don't know no NATO. Talk about no NATO. I was talking about NATO Jones. All right. Our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> Harry, I took care of it. 
<laughs> anyway. How did we get, there? How did we get here? Um, talk about lack of intentionality. Oh, yeah. Here we are. We're talking about Wendy Peffer corner. We're quoting Dumb and Dumber. Well, now um, that we're scaring people away, let's reel them back in with all yeah. of our social. Hit so, <laughs> no. So the the social's taken care of on the on the outro now, um, okay. and and we'll have the website up soon. But let's leave everybody with one piece of advice for the week from each one of us. So since I'm putting you guys on the spot and that is not a planned exercise or question, I will go first. So my biggest thing, so I used to be, I lived in a a scarcity mindset where I was always worried about money and it, it was, it was very negative relationship with money. I've been trying to re adjust my mindset with that and not blow money, right? Like I'm not going out and buying material things that I don't need or anything like that. But when I am spending money, I'm trying to be very intentional with it on creating memories with it. That was a big thing with this trip to Big Bend. I wanted to do something that I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. Getting up on top of that mountain and facing that fear. So 8,500 feet in the last like 20, 25 feet, you have to scale rock and there is no safety precautions whatsoever. It was scary, but by facing that fear, having that faith that what was on the top of that mountain was worth it, man, all the money that I spent to get ready for that trip, you know, obviously you're staying in the desert. You have to take certain precautions. We had that Airbnb. It was a lot of gas. It was 100% worth it because I spent that money intentionally on, on an experience that I probably will never have ever again. I could go back to Big Ben, but I also want to go to all the other national parks, do all that stuff, right? Worth it. So if you're going to spend money on something, may I suggest spending it on memories and epic adventures? That's my advice for the week. I like it. And not not memories. memories. Don't spend your money on (laughs) memories. I guess memories could make memories. (laughs) (laughs) Memorable memories. All right. Memorable memories. We digress. Um. I'm going to talk about the struggle. Be intentional with keeping your thought process in the positive. There's a lot of negativity in the world. It's easy to see something, get you fired up, and now the next negative thought happens. And then the next one, by the time you know it, half of your day is gone and you've you've totally ruined it. Keep faith in you know, humanity. There are good people out there that feel a lot just like we do. You might run into the bad person tomorrow. But if you run into that bad person tomorrow, don't be another bad person. Greet them with a smile. Hold the door for them. Invest. I've talked about it in my episode before. Invest in your in yourself. This is a product. Well, other people are also products and they have value. So my suggestion or, or my advice is to the whole pay it forward. Give it to the next guy. Make their day a little bit better. And in turn, you're going to feel better about yourself. And that happy thought process is going to continue. And the next thing you know, you're going to have a great day and then another great day. And you're going to start start making small changes. Quite a bit different than yours. A lot shorter, too. I like it. <laughs> That's not surprising. <laughs> kill them with kindness i like i love that yeah that reminds me of the martin luther king jr quote like you know darkness can't drive out darkness only light can do that that's Mm -hmm. 
100% true and accurate. And I believe Aren't that you throwing out these quotes. I'm uh something of a philosophizer. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. I own a many leather bound books. <laughs> my apartment smells of rich mahogany. I, I, I think that uh, Kyle's claimed the new savant uh, title. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, mine, I'm going to go on a different route. And I'm going to say just with what we talked about today and expectations being lowered and standards being lowered, I want you to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Like being uncomfortable sucks. And I think it's something that you should do on a daily basis. Like you need to do something that's going to bring a little discomfort, a little inconvenience to your life. And that's where you grow. You don't grow staying in this little safe zone. You grow outside of your comfort zone. So do something uncomfortable every single day. Challenge yourself to do that. Hold yourself accountable. Be disciplined and get it done. Yeah. You're not going to die. Like, what's well, the worst that's going to happen? You could if you did something stupid. Don't well, I mean, like, I, okay. So I was uncomfortable <laughs> on top of that mountain. If I took a wrong step, I could have died. But for the most part, right? generally speaking, it's going to hurt. It's going to suck a little bit. But do it. And you're going to feel freaking great afterwards. I feel phenomenal when I push myself on a run now to the point where I'm just like fucking gas and I've emptied the tank. I wouldn't want it any other way because in my mind, if I'm not uncomfortable, I'm not pushing myself hard enough and I'm not achieving my highest levels of potential. So you have to do that. And that's going to, that's going to lead like into other areas of your life. Like you're going to be looking for that in other areas. Like it's just, it doesn't have to be like a run like Kyle's doing end of your shower kick it onto cold real quick and just stand there as long as you can. That's uncomfortable. Do a cold plunge. That's uncomfortable and invigorating and invigorating. If you don't like getting up in the morning, get your ass up in the morning and do something, do some type of movement, do some crazy. Yeah. It doesn't like, it doesn't have to be like this. I'm going to go run a marathon today. Yes. That I'm sure that would be uncomfortable, but it doesn't have to be that. No. First thing I did this morning was I walked the dogs like a quarter of a mile at 530 this morning. It got my blood pumping. I came back. Then I got my reading done. I got my journaling done, did my meditation. Some days I do 30 push-ups. Some days I do 50 squats. I need to lower my standards. <laughs> now you see what happens when you lower standards, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. But no, that's great advice. Great advice all around. And I don't know about you guys, but I think I had the most fun on this episode out of all of our episodes. And I think that is the goal is we we try to talk about big, big issues. We try to give actionable advice. We try to make it feel like we're hanging out and we're having fun because that's what life is all about. If you're not having fun doing these things like, yeah, sure. Randy talking about being uncomfortable. Sometimes that's not going to be fun. But the rewards that you get from it, I promise you, are fun and they are worth it. And that were, that's where discipline equals freedom come. If you haven't read that book, buy it. Jocko Willink, shout out. I know you're listening too, along with who? J- John Stamos. Who else did we mention? Tom <laughs> Hanks. Uh, <laughs> who was on the last one? Uh, Little Big Town. Little Big Town. We have a lot of huge fans out there, if you didn't know. Um, they're all, I think they, I think Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks, an idea. Yeah, impact. Hanks we've got a huge. new, we've got a new huge fan. Who's that? All right. He, she's a, a lovely woman that I know. 
Um, Louise is her name. She had a lot of nice things to say about us, so I want to give a shout out to Louise. She loved Thanks, our podcast. Louise. Thank you, Louise. So, but that's, that's awesome. It. She's awesome. Great. Oh, and by the time this comes out, it will already have been passed. But happy Mother's Day out there to my mom, my mother-in-law, my stepmother-in-law, all of the wonderful, amazing moms that I know. My my wife, Callie, our dog mom is a dog mom currently, but I know that someday she's going to make the most incredible mother in the world, in my world. <laughs> but thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Love and support to all the moms out there. Agreed. I, I I second that. I want to piggyback off that and say happy Mother's Day to my mom, Holly. Happy Mother's Day. Anyone who identifies as a mother, you got, you <laughs> that's, got very, my, that's very inclusive of you, Randy. <laughs> you got my support. Happy Mother's Day. I love you, Mommy. I would like to wish a happy Mother's Day to Jensen. I hope that uh, you enjoy the day with the boys and you deserve that time with them. So awesome happy mother's shout day. out shout out moms if it wasn't for you we wouldn't be here and we love you that is true that's a wrap that's a wrap on episode number five no diggity bye hey everybody if you like what you heard today please check us out on instagram facebook linkedin and twitter and don't forget to head to eventbrite and grab one of the 10 tickets available for our monthly ideal connect call Then when you're ready to take the next step, message us on any of our social media pages to book a free coaching consultation call to see how we can help you start living your own ideal life. Thanks again for all of your love and support. And always remember, you have everything you need to achieve success. It's just a matter of believing.